RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Justin Watson. We are uh, coming off of a pretty uh, busy weekend in MMA. We had Bellator, we had UFC, we had bare knuckle boxing, had a lot of stuff this past weekend and uh, leading up uh, I'm sorry, this past weekend, and then, of course, leading up to this weekend where uh, it's a little bit uh, calm. Uh, we have uh, no contender series coming up this next week, and then, but we do have a UFC card uh, in uh, Minnesota, Justin. We're going to we're gonna dig into that a little bit. Uh, and uh, then, of course, uh, we've got uh, some interviews coming up a little bit later as well. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Adam Denton, uh, who is one half of your main event on the upcoming Valor uh, 61 uh, event that's coming up July the 12th. He's going to be taking on uh, David Ruthless Robbins, who is, uh, you know, no stranger to our listeners out this way. So it'll be fun to get uh, a chance to get to know Adam Denton, uh, his foe for uh, the main event coming up in a couple weeks. Justin, my man, how's it going? Uh, what have you been up to this week? Going good, man. Just uh, knocking out the work week. Had a, had a busy weekend and uh, just getting getting back in the routine and things. How's it going over there? Uh, it's good. It's good. My my home has been in a bit of turmoil over the past few weeks with some comings and goings. Uh, we we had you know my wife's side of the family. Yeah, we had uh, you know her grandmother had some uh, health issues, and we had uh, so so our home was uh, yeah we had a we had a roommate here for the past few weeks, but we got her moved back into her home. Things are starting to uh, to level out here. I think as uh, we would say it so. Uh, in, in celebration of such, we are we're going to take a mini vacation here the next couple of days. So uh, tonight will likely be abbreviated, uh, but that's okay. Well, you know, uh, it's it's not always the quantity; it's the quality. I, I think we'll, we've got some good meat to dig into today. Yeah, man. So uh, you know, this past uh, this past week, as we mentioned, we had uh, a few events. We'll uh, get started with the uh, the Bellator event that was uh, in England. Uh, just going to briefly touch on that. This, I guess, was Bellator 223, and uh, it was uh, an upset in the main event, man. Uh, I think that we were talking last week. Uh, somebody, it was it was you or Greg, once said uh, one of these guys was the the top one of the top fighters in in the world at his uh, his weight class. But it was an upset. Gegard Mustasi uh, gets knocked off by Rafael Lobato Jr. Majority decision. And Misasi was a very, very sizable favorite in this fight. Yeah, I mean, uh, that that was me that said Musasi was was you know probably the best uh, middleweight in the world. Uh, man, that was crazy. It was a really close fight. Uh, Lovato, you know, kind of in the grappling, just just kind of took control and um, rode out the win. Anytime that that Musasi's been in trouble before, it's been against opponents who could kind of get him down and hold him there for a minute uh, and control him on the floor. Uh, but yeah, huge win for Lovato. I mean, you know, the guy's a little longer in the tooth, and um, you know, he just he just beat you know a Hall of Famer for sure. Well, there's already a lot of talk I'm seeing maybe about Bellator wanting to run that one back just immediately. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. And uh, of course, that would uh, the, really the only the real fight of note on that card. Uh, Melvin Manhoff uh, wins. Also, um, uh, Aaron Chalmers gets back in the uh, winner's bracket there after uh, losing to Corey Browning a couple months ago. He gets a win over Fred Freeman uh, via submission. It's like uh, Fred, that one, and, and Fred Freeman was uh, Baby Slice's uh, first fight. It's like they're just like trading out. They're like in this little weird circle, a carousel of opponents for, uh, for Chalmers and uh, Baby Slice. Corey Browning beat them both, and Fred Freeman's lost to them both. Yeah. Uh, of course, Paul Daly uh, defeats Eric Sylvie Nanum's decision. Uh, really good fight there. That was a that was a competitive, exciting fight. Uh, the the Eric Silva that we like to see uh, did, did did kind of emerge. He he was he lost, but it was, it was a good performance. And then finally, James Gallagher uh, also wins over Jeremiah Leviano. Nothing else really of note there. Yeah, your overall thoughts on uh, the rest of this Bellator London uh, card, Justin? Anything that stand out to you? Um, it was kind of. Weird, you know. I think like 
I was here and I, I didn't get to watch it, but I was hearing that the like the main event was basically Paul Daly and Eric Silva, and then you had to wait uh, for the Chalmers Manhoof and and Lovato fights. Oh, wow. Do you know about that? Well, yeah, yeah the so way it's listed here, delay. it may that actually kind of maybe uh, would explain the way it's listed here. See, there is this says Bellator London. It was right. Musasi versus Lovato. And then Bellator 223 was Daly versus Silva. So it may have just been semantics in that maybe, you know, DAZN had one, Paramount had one, I, uh, Sky Sports. I don't know. That's just me completely speculating. Yeah, I think I heard something about the Paramount. Um, I don't know. It was something to do with Paramount. Uh, so I guess the Daily fight was on Paramount, and then you had to switch over to DAZN for another card. But it was it was on a tape delay, I believe. Okay, uh, well, at least they got a good main event there. If it was Daly and Silva uh, heading it up, that was a good fight. Yeah, it was. I, I was kind of surprised by that. I, I thought Eric Silva could could handle it, but Paul Daly looked great. Uh, the fight definitely could have been stopped. Eric Silva was, was in deep trouble for a little bit there. Of course, uh, moving on, the next night it was uh, the UFC on ESPN Plus. Number 12, uh, it was uh, Moicano versus the Korean Zombie. And, uh, you know, this is a fight that didn't have a lot of star power on paper. I, did, I was less than impressed with, with the card, you know, leading up to it. But it delivered some good action. We had some good breakout performances. We had some, uh, some losses that hurt some people as well. Uh, we ended up losing one fight. Uh, one of the main fights was, I guess, is supposed to be the co-main event. Uh, John Lineker uh, pulled out like the day before weigh-ins, I think, with the cut, uh, which is odd uh, for fighters at, at this level to be sustaining injuries like that, um, that close to fight night. That's something that happens in the regional level, and it really pisses me off because it's just dumb, you know. Uh, but at that level, you don't hear about that so much. Uh, so Rob Font ends up uh, without a fight. Yeah, uh, that sucked for Rob Font. I mean, um, you know, that was that was a late replacement anyway. Uh, his original opponent got pulled out too, and you know he thought he was gonna still get to fight, and you know, come come weigh in day, he doesn't get to weigh in. So, uh, it's a tough run for tough run for Font on that one. Hopefully, they get him a quick turnaround there. I'm sure he's ready to go. Uh, I noticed that I don't the speculation, but I noticed that they didn't have him weigh in. So I wonder if he if he got his show money or not. That would that would really suck if he did. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Of course, uh, the fights that did happen, we ended up with eleven of them. The prelims uh, were on ESPN two, I believe. We saw the UFC debut of Deron Win, uh, teammate of Daniel Cormier, highly touted prospect, come in at 5-0. and oh. He took on a late replacement in Eric Spicely, who was returning to the UFC after being cut. And uh, this fight played out uh, very unlike I would have expected. Uh, you know, the, Deron Wynn is like 5-5 five, five at, at a middleweight, rather. Um, and, uh, you know, a, a very decorated wrestler. I thought that he would probably, you know, you look for takedowns there. And Spicely, of course, not known for his stand-up uh, acumen, but he uh, is known to be a very tricky grappler. And, and these guys just stood and banged for <laughs> all three rounds. It was crazy. I mean, Spicely showed a great chin when when really hit him with the kitchen sink, man. But um, he never could never could finish him off there. And uh, uh, but uh, you know, to Spicely's credit, he hung tough and. In the third round, when was starting to fade, uh, I thought Spicer might uh, turn it on and maybe and maybe get him out of there, but he did not. Ultimately, Deron Wynn gets the unanimous decision there. Uh, also, Molly McCann, as an underdog, the uh, the European, uh, gets a unanimous decision over Ariane Lipsky. Uh, Lipsky now uh, 0-2 in the UFC. McCann, a pretty sizable underdog, like 2-1, and I really liked her, actually, in that fight. I thought it was a great matchup for her. She's a good action fighter. Uh, your thoughts on these two, if anything? Uh, the, the win and Spicely fight was was awesome. I think it won fight of the night. Um, Eric Spicely, you know, definitely made a case that he belongs um, in the UFC. You know, getting getting the late notice call and, and delivering like that. Uh, kind of rough for Lipsky. You know, she was she was brought in uh, quite quite the hype train behind her, and uh, it's two losses in a row for. Her, but uh, Molly McCann looked really good. You know, coming out of Ireland, um, I think she's going to be fun to watch. And then, of course, uh, we had a, co a couple of really uh, good uh, finishes. Uh, 
Yarzinho Rosenstroik from Suriname. Uh, we talked about him a little bit last week, a very highly decorated kickboxer, but still kind of, uh, you know, early in his MMA career, comes into this 7-0, gets a nine-second knockout. I want to say it was the second fastest knockout in UFC history uh, as he knocks out Alan Crowder there, and I think that may be it for, for Crowder. We'll see. You know, he had the disqualification win. Um, over Greg Hardy, but, um, you know, he, he's a fringe UFC guy uh, to begin with. And, uh, man, uh, you would think he would have wanted to go to the ground with a guy that is such a highly decorated striker, but he just rushed right in and, uh, yeah, got dropped and then, uh, you know, punches to the ground and, um, or on the ground and, uh, Royce and Street moves to eight. No, I'd like to really see him, uh, you know, tested a little bit more next, but that said, I mean, the guy's just eight. No, so it's not like he's. You know, he's got he's, you know, super experienced in MMA. Uh, I would like to see him fight a guy that's going to test his 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 grappling acumen next. Uh, Luis Pena, a guy we're very familiar with. Violent Bob Ross, very impressive a win. Third round a TKO over Matt Wyman, who is returning to the UFC after like five or six years. And uh, man, you know, Wyman fought tough. He, you know, he didn't go away easy. He was busted up early, but uh, just, you know, he, he was kind of relying on going for leg locks and things like that. Luis is just. You know, one step ahead of him the whole time, and uh, managed to uh, manage to get that third round finish and move to seven and one. Uh, and then, uh, of course, Ashley Yoder gets a unanimous decision, pretty dominant over Suri Kondo, who hasn't really panned out either. Uh, that's a prospect that they were high on that she just really hasn't been able to do anything. I don't know if this show lasts much longer uh, in the UFC either. Uh, your thoughts on uh, these prelims, Justin? Matt Wyman, you know, it's kind of sad for him. He left a completely different division than he came back to. Um, you know, the game has evolved so much. Uh, you know, Pena, Pena showed that, it, you know, Wyman just didn't know, um, didn't know how to how to compete um, against that the, the talent, you know, and uh, and the skills that, that Pena possesses. Um, Rosenstroik, that, that was so weird. I didn't even see what actually dropped him. It almost looked like... I don't know if he poked him or what. I don't know. It didn't look like a big punch landed or anything, but um, then blasted him one good time on the ground, and, and that was kind of it. Um, and then I'm, I missed the Yoder and uh, Kondo fight. Um, but, yeah, like you said, Kondo was, was brought in. And, you know, they were hoping for a little more out of her, but um, he got upset in that one. What do you think about the, uh, what do you think about the heavyweight, uh, Roizenstroik? Yeah, that's the one I was saying. I, I, didn't, I didn't even oh, see a see punch it? land. Oh, like okay. I, I, I probably watched it back five or six times trying to find, trying to actually catch the punch that landed to, to knock him down. I couldn't get a, a good angle on it, but it almost looked like a, I don't know, just like he ran into, I mean, a, a small jab or something. It didn't look like much. Um, it was kind of, kind of awkward. Yeah. Dan Ige, man, this guy's an animal. Uh, he is uh, now 12 and two after a, a pretty dominant decision over Kevin Aguilar, who was 17 and one coming in and very tough. Uh, props to Aguilar for hanging in there. I mean, he took an ass whipping really, but Ige is Ige is freaking good, man. That that guy, I'd like to start seeing him rise up the ranks. I mean, he's I, 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 <laughs> it's gonna take it's gonna take somebody really having a good day to beat that guy. Um, uh, Kevin Holland with a unanimous decision win over Alessio to Chirico. That fight sucked. Uh, not a lot of action in that fight. Holland, I believe, I did hear he hurt himself in the second round. I think he dislocated his shoulder, so that may have contributed somewhat to that, but uh, certainly uh, probably, you know, nowhere near the best fight of the night. Um, and then, of course, uh, Andrea KGB Lee gets unanimous decision win over Montana De La Rosa. I was high on De La Rosa here. I thought uh, at underdog odds, I really liked her chances here, but she just couldn't get the takedowns. Uh, she was dogged and determined and got bloodied up and kept go going for it. But Andrea Lee's takedown defense was just too good. And uh, she looked good uh, on her feet as well. And I think uh, we should probably start seeing a push for her up into that, uh, you know, into that top tier now uh you know and maybe even one or two away from a title fight uh, your thoughts here on the uh first half of the main card uh dan Ige looked amazing i thought that fight was going to be a lot closer than it was um you know he, he came out and had a, a great performance um kevin holland screwed me on DraftKings. i had a couple of couple of winners that i think him and maybe i think it was andre ewell that just didn't score you know, like I've had some losers before score higher than they scored as winners. Yeah. Um, so that was that was disappointing. But 
uh, Andrea Lee looked great. I, you know, I, she's been going through some some stuff in her personal life, and uh, I didn't know how that was going to affect her. I was with the on Montana De La Rosa. I had her uh, on the books, and um, it was you know she she fought tough, but uh, Andrea Lee, you know, she came to fight and took it home. Of course, uh, that brings us to the the main uh, portion of the of the night. Andre Yule, who was originally supposed to um, open up the card, he was supposed to be the first fight. Uh, he ended up m- moving up to the feature bout there after they lost the Lineker Font fight. But he gets the unanimous decision win over Anderson Dos Santos. Yule uh, moves to fifteen and five. Pretty entertaining fight here. Yule's a guy that's going to give you a good action fight. It looks like, if anything. Uh, as uh, he gets the win over Anderson Dos Santos and then Randy Brown uh, with a bit of an upset over Brian Barberina, a guy uh, who, you know, who trains a lot in our area here at Shield System some, as well as the lab, of course. Uh, Randy Brown uh, moves to 11-3, and three, and I think a lot of people have kind of written him off after he got, you know, knocked out from Mount um, from uh, Nico Price with the, the punches from underneath. But, you know, uh, he looked really good here. You know, he's, he was more athletic. Uh, he was uh, able to have uh, Barbarina just was making him just follow him around the whole time. You know, he ends up getting a third round uh, TKO. I think it was a body shot hurt him, and then he finished him off from there. Uh, your your thoughts here on these two? Uh, pretty surprised by the Randy Brown fight. Um, I thought, you know, especially in a, in a standing fight like that and kind of close for a lot of it, I thought that Barbarina was just going to be a little too too tough and too dirty and and uh man randy brown striking is just just was just on point um barbarina's super tough but you know ultimately he just couldn't take the volume um andre ewell you know it's a another you know it's a good win for him he came in um came in kind of you know to a to a crazy tough fight in his debut and um it's nice to see him get you know somewhere along the uh talent level that that he needs to be facing at this at this time and barbarina just seemed a little off this time he just didn't seem to have that you know this last one where he was just in that war the, the yeah. time before it just didn't seem like he had that return fire kind of mentality like he had that in you know that we like we've kind of become used to seeing yeah he looked a little bit soft too i don't know i don't know what he's been doing but he just he, yeah i agree he didn't look like himself Main event was another upset. Uh, it was the the Korean Zombie Chan Sung Jung with a first round knockout of uh, Hanato Moicano, who falls to thirteen and three. Uh, Moicano was nearly a two to one favorite here in this one, and uh, I think at the very least people thought we were going to get one of those trademark wars, but instead we got a, a big counter overhand right and uh, a finish early from the Korean Zombie. A huge win for him, and he's calling for you know top five opponents from here. Uh, I would have to imagine, uh, you know, he's going to probably get another main event type opportunity, you know, after this performance. Uh, what say you? I went heavy on the zombie and, and it paid off for sure. I, I didn't think it was going to happen that quick. Um, but Jesus, man, that that was a massive right hand. And somehow Moikana, you know, he stayed alive and kept trying. I don't, I don't know, you know, uh, Chan Sung Jung had his back and had both hooks in and, you know, was just hammering him. Uh, almost had him in, in a like a half Nelson with on the left side and and uh, just hitting him with right hands and the referee had to stop it. But Moicano's tough as hell. But man, that was a just perfectly timed punch and uh, you know I, I love Chan Sung Jung. He's a uh, you know fun to watch. I don't think he speaks a, a word of English, but you know that he's coming in there to fight and uh, he's going to put on a show no matter what. Uh, it's a good win for him. All right. Well, that uh, that kind of. That was it for UFC Greenville. Uh, let's do biggest winners and losers here. Uh, you know, first we'll start with the biggest winner of the night. Uh, to me, uh, I think, uh, you know, I'm going to spread the love around a little bit. But, uh, you know, Korean Zombie, big win for him. I think that puts him in position to, to be in a in a really big fight next that could potentially lead to a title fight like after that. So a big win for him, I think. Uh, I think also Andrea Lee. I think, uh, you know, this is kind of finished off your, like, like B tier, uh, if you will, of uh, females for her. It's time for her to move on to that A tier and do the big fights, maybe even a main event, co-main event type fight, uh, you know, with title implications. So I think those are the two biggest winners with, uh, 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 I guess we'll say, a uh, honorable mention going uh, to Danny Ige for kind of the same thing. I think he's going to be a guy that, you know, because of this fight where he's going to start now seeing those top ten opponents 
uh, potentially. So uh, your biggest winner, or you know, you can give a couple. I was gonna try to go against you, but I, I don't know if those those two are are definitely the biggest the biggest winners. Uh, Andrea Lee, you know, just uh, overcoming personal adversity and and like you say, now uh, she's ready to step up to that next tier. Uh, and then you know, the zombie man that was. Like you said, he's, he's going to get a good fight next, and uh, we'll see him back where he belongs. Um, been a while, you know, since he's been active in the division um, with his military stuff and everything, but um, he brings a brings a spark to the division for sure. Um, another one, I guess, I, I'll go with uh, with Luis Pena as my my honorable mention. You know, coming off of missing weight at forty five, coming back to fifty five, and you know, he just looked flawless. Uh, he, you know, fought spectacular and, um, you know, took out somebody with the name. And um, I think it was a good, good, good win for him. You think this is a one and done return uh, for, for Matt Wyman? Yeah, I think it was a I think it was a, a rude awakening for sure. I don't, I don't know what was going through his head. Um, I don't know where he's training at or anything. Um, but, you know, like I said, I think that uh, this sport evolves so fast. And, you know, when you take that kind of time out. Um, you know, in this division, when Matt Wyman was around, it was kind of, you know, the wrestler, the grindy um, type, you know, fighter that was that was doing well. And, and he was doing well at the time. But now you've got guys that can stop that and then, you know, pick you apart on the feet or or take you down and, and submit you anywhere that they want. So um, I just think it's, it's evolved past him at this point. Of course, uh, biggest losers uh, on the night. I'll let you uh, go first this time. Uh, biggest uh, biggest loser. I got to go with Alan Crowder for uh, biggest loser. That was just just kind of embarrassing, you know, to get to get on the main stage like that. And I mean, I don't know, what, eight seconds. Yeah, I think it was. I think was it was the, essentially a hometown fight for him. Yeah, and I, I think it was the fastest knockout in heavyweight history. I think okay. you said. I think you said it was the second fastest in in. UFC history, but I think it was first. I think it was the fastest in heavyweight history. Um, and then Moicano would, would have to be a, a pretty big loser on this one too, coming off of a loss to Aldo. Um, you know, he was he was thirteen and one, and then then ran into Aldo and, and Chan Sung Jung. So um, he's it's back to the drawing boards for him. Um, you know, we'll see where he goes from here. Well, I've got to agree with you on Moicano because you know. This is a guy that was in you know, the the picture for title fight, you know, uh, and being right up there, you know, in these big fights, main event. This is certainly going to drop his stock, and he's going to have to uh, probably take it. Uh, it's going to take at least a year, probably, you know, for him to kind of get back up to this to to where he was. So, uh, get, get, and why I won't disagree with you on uh, Crowder, I'm going to say uh, Condo as well. Siri Condo likely gets cut here. Uh, not able to find any wins in the UFC uh, and, and possibly Ariane Lipsky too. Uh, those are two that could be uh, in trouble. But that said, you know, you know the female talent is, uh, you know, uh, valuable to the UFC. So who knows? They may they may keep uh, Lipsky and Condo around for those cards uh, in their native lands, if you will. Uh, so that'll wrap up our recap for last week's uh, UFC. Uh, before we move on to previewing this week, so I guess we'll touch briefly on this bare knuckle boxing thing. I, I didn't watch it. I will say I, uh, I don't know if you if you got to watch it or not. I, I wish we had Greg tonight because he did. But uh, your take on that? I know we saw a bit of an upset there, probably to some or or most even with uh, Artem Lobov getting a decision over Polly Malinaji. Uh, from what I've just read review-wise, though, I heard that the, the the pay-per-view or the broadcast, if you will, wasn't wasn't stellar. Yeah, I actually totally forgot about it. I was was kind of looking forward to seeing it just just for the the drama of it, I guess, you know, with uh, with Polly and, and Artem. Uh, but then Greg, you know, sent us a message, uh, told us to turn it on. And I missed the the Bedford and, and Reggie Barnett fight. Um, I saw it as they were talking to Johnny Bedford after he won. Uh, but I caught Chris Lieben and Dakota Cochran. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's a weird uh, it's a weird thing that the whole bare knuckle boxing. You know, you're a, a big part of the gloves is is to protect the hand. You know, and so uh, that changes uh, how you how you throw punches, how hard you hit. Um, but then, you know, also it, it cut open a whole lot faster, uh, but it's kind of looked like a really sloppy 
boxing match uh, between Cochran and Lieben, uh, both just, you know, old veterans, I guess you could say. So maybe maybe what you would expect. Um, I thought I thought that uh, Artem looked pretty good, you know, against uh, a, a multiple time world champion boxer. Malinaji kind of played it like a boxing match, kind of came in slow and um, Artem, you know, was pushing the pace and, and making it a fight. Um, and, you know, I think he I think he deserved the win there. But I'm not still not uh, sold on the on the whole bare knuckle boxing thing. It's just kind of weird. Uh, I, don't know. I like their I like their uh, ring or cage or whatever ring, I guess you call it. Yeah, you know, it seems to be uh, they're certainly pushing it hard. So I, I'm, I'm curious to know how they're doing as far as the financials of it goes. Are they selling a lot of pay-per-views? Are they selling out the houses here? It seems like they definitely are going with a model where uh, they want to use uh, mainly MMA fighters that have a bit of a name and get them in here, you know, boxing against the occasional uh, boxer. <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense if you're going to build a brand to, to try to build it off the backs of people who are, you know, already have a, a, a name. You know, nobody's going to come in and, and start their career at, 19 20 you know 23 years old bare knuckle boxing they're going to be coming from somewhere else um if they're going to be doing this so uh, i heard that that malinaji got paid i heard that he made seven figures um oh, wow you know so this is a this is a different organization you know there was another one there were dakota cochran fought in and he knocked out or i don't know if he knocked him out and he beat um johnny hendrix and uh, there was some issues with guys not getting paid there and stuff but i guess this is a different promotion um, and apparently Malinaji, you know, got paid really well. The, uh, his post fight interview, I think was the, was the, the most embarrassing thing of all of it. You know, was, um, he was, he was beside himself with, with the loss. He didn't, didn't understand it. That he only got punched one time. He had like five or six lacerations on his face. So <laughs> it, was, it was really embarrassing, you know, and he, he was just saying that, you know, he was sorry for punching down He's apologizing to the boxing community and, and all this, but, um, I mean, I, I was happy to see him get beat up. I don't know. I followed this whole, you know, drama between him and Connor and, and the whole thing has just been kind of entertaining. So I was, I kind of, I enjoyed seeing him get beat. I wish, I wish he would have gotten knocked out, but <laughs> it is what it is. Moving on to this week's, uh, action. Uh, we are a little lighter in action. Of course, uh, this week, uh, we have uh, the UFC on ESPN card, though, and that's going to be going down in Minnesota. Uh, it is in Minneapolis, and uh, it is heavyweights. Uh, it's going to be Francis Ngannou taking on JDS, Junior Dos Santos. That's, pre- that's a pretty good fight. It's a big fight, uh, as well as a good co-main event, uh, Juicy A Formiga taking on Joseph Benavidez. So we're going to run down this card before we uh, finish up with our interview with Adam Ditton here in just a little bit. Of course, this card uh, is all on ESPN proper, the whole thing, the prelims and the main card. we got 13 bouts here. Um, and we'll start with the prelims. Uh, we've got Maurice Green, uh, the guy that's been on the Ultimate Fighter. You know, he's a pretty well-known guy uh, for both good and bad reasons, I suppose. He's seven and two. He'll be taking on Junior Albini, the Brazilian, fourteen and five at heavyweight. Uh, we have uh, female strawweights Emily Whitmire, four and two, coming off a win though, uh, taking on Amanda Rebus, who is six and one, Brazilian. And then uh, we have uh, what I believe to be the UFC debut of Dalcha uh, Longiabula, nine and one out of South Africa. And he's the top ranked um, uh, light heavyweight heavyweight in South Africa. He'll be taking on Daquan Townsend, who is taking this fight like today. I, <laughs> I'm pretty positive he took this fight today. Um, and uh, so we'll see. Uh, it was supposed to be Justin Ledet. In this fight, but uh, with that pulled out, and so Daquan Townsend out of uh, I want to say he's from the Michigan area, maybe he's 21 and eight, finally getting that UFC shot. Uh, Jared uh, Flash Gordon, 14 and three, uh, will be taking on Dan Moret in a lightweight bout, and then also we have uh, Jordan Griffin taking on Vince Murdoch in a uh, featherweight contest. Uh, Vinicius Morea, the Brazilian 9-2, uh, will be in a light heavyweight contest against Eric Anders, your boy. Uh, always a, always fun to see Eric Anders, and he, he needs a win here. 
Uh, and then, uh, uh, well, I know he's coming off a win uh, over uh, over the guy that got cut, the the model guy. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that. And then, of course, uh, Ricardo, Ricardo Ramos, uh, twelve and two, uh, will be featured in a bantamweight contest in the main preliminary bout against Journey Newson. Interesting name. I'm not familiar with Journey Newson, but he's nine and one. And appears to be the number one ranked guy in the Pacific Northwest. A lot of new faces uh, here on these prelims, Justin. Yeah, not a not a bunch of people that I'm super familiar with. Um, Junior Albany, uh, you know, has kind of been been unimpressive. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. The only the only thing I'm really uh, interested in in this one is uh, is Eric Anders. Uh, did he win that fight against Elias Theodore? He did. He did. He did. He did. Okay. So I was thinking for some reason he was coming off some losses, but no, he's coming off a win over Elias, and they cut Elias here like a week or so ago. Yeah. See, I was thinking that Elias had won. I, I, I was thinking Elias was coming off of a few a few wins, but um, that was a an, a really odd cut uh, of of Elias. But um, but yeah, hopefully uh, Eric Anders comes in and and uh, can really show out uh, this weekend. Yeah, yeah, always. Uh, uh, oh, okay. No, I'm wrong. Okay, I, I was, I was wrong. Actually, he did. He lost. He lost to Elias Theodoro. He lost a split decision. Okay, yeah, yeah. And and he actually is on a three fight skid. He before that, of course, he lost to Tiago Santos, and then he he lost to Khalil Roundtree uh, the last time out in April. If you remember, Roundtree came out like a like a different man. <laughs> He's yeah. not the same guy anymore. That guy's a killer now. But uh, yeah, Anders on a three fight skid here. So this is the fight that he needs. He needs. Uh, he needs to win uh, against the Brazilian uh, Vinicius Morea, who uh, is zero and one thus far in the UFC. He lost uh, to Alonzo Minifield in his UFC debut after winning his contract on the Brazilian series of uh, the Contender. So uh, yeah, it's uh, good luck to Eric Anders this weekend. Uh, moving on to the main card here, a um, little bit better here as far as name recognition. The aforementioned Alonzo Minifield uh, is 8-0, and he'll be uh, putting that O on the line here in a light heavyweight contest to open up the main card against Paul Craig, the Scot, who's uh, always uh, a roller coaster with old Paul Craig. <laughs> you know, like you get his ass kicked, he might snatch up some kind of crazy submission. Uh, Drew Dober takes on Marco Polo Reyes in a lightweight bout that should be a lot of fun. Actually, that should probably be a good action fight. And then uh, Vince Pichel, uh takes on Roosevelt Roberts, who is 8-0 himself, and that's a lightweight contest. we got a couple undefeated uh, prospects, both 8-0, uh, putting that uh, record on the line here in the opening portion of the main card. Justin? Yeah, these, these three fights should, should all be um, very entertaining. Uh, I love Vince Pichel, uh, but Roosevelt Roberts. You know he's like you said eight and zero, and um, it's tough as they can, tough as they come. So he's like six uh, two. He's like really tall. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be a, a, an interesting fight. Drew Dober, I, I think this would be a good win for him. Um, Marco Polo's just kind of been hit or miss uh, so far. Um, Paul Craig is is hard to gamble on, man. I think he's the underdog in this one, and I'm sure. um, he, you know he's. For whatever reason, he just catches these crazy submissions like right before the end of the fight. But uh, um, I think Alonzo Menafield, you know, he's he's put together, man. He's uh, he's he's about it. So um, looking forward to all three of these fights. I think they're I think they're all deliver. The feature bout, um, it to me is is probably uh, the most intriguing on uh, you know beyond the the main event here, uh, Damian Maya. Uh, takes on uh, Anthony Rocco Martin uh, at welterweight. Uh, of course, these these guys are both ground specialists. You know, Maya's a, a world class jiu-jitsu competitor. Tony Martin, uh, more of the wrestling uh, variety, but you know he's got good submissions in there, and and he's been on the rise, man. And he's he Tony Martin's been calling for you know the top of the division, and I want to say he's won three or four in a row, so he's kind of earned this shot. But this is a big step up for him now against Damian Maya. Yeah, it is. I. I- I like him in this fight, though. Um, I mean, you know, Damian Maya's real long in the tooth, been fighting forever. Uh, um, I think Rocco's, you know, I think he's, uh, I think his wrestling is going to be able to 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 keep Damian Maya on the feet, and um, he, he may end up may end up getting a knockout here. Um, but I look for for uh, Rocco to win this one. 
co-main event is a rematch from about six years or so ago. Uh, Juicy A Formiga taking on Joseph Benavidez. Flyweight bout, the one of the rare flyweight bouts you'll see. But this is, uh, you know, if, if indeed they're going to keep the flyweight division around, I would imagine this is a big fight for it. Um, you know, both these guys will probably be back in the title um, picture with a win, I would think. Uh, the first time around, Benavidez won. Uh, but I think that uh, this may be a little different here. I, You know, it's it's a really hard one to call. But to me, I feel like Benavidez is maybe starting to see the downside of his career. Doesn't seem quite as quick, quite as, uh, you know, just uh, flashy out there uh, as he has in the past. Um, uh, Formiga, is, on the other hand, is kind of like – come into his own he was very known very much as like a one-dimensional uh grappler type and now he you know his wrestling's come up some uh not as good as benavidez still uh but and he's got uh you know some some serviceable boxing now so to me this is a really close fight that i i may lean towards uh formiga yeah i'm i'm worried about joey b in this one um just i don't know it just seems like um there for a while uh he he had everything going for him. The camp was uh, doing really well, and, uh, you know, he was on the rise. But now the camp's kind of falling off. There, there's been a bunch of problems there. And, um, you know, but still, I, I think he's still number, probably number one or number two uh, in the division. Um, I'd like to see him get a win here and, and you know, get a rematch with Cejudo. Uh, he's, he's got a win over Cejudo, and I think that'd be a, a real fun fight. Uh, but I'm with you. I'd not sure what the odds are on this, and I would think that Joey would be uh, favored a little bit. Yeah, but he is. Yeah, he's like he's about minus one fifty or so. If it if it stretches much past that, then I would definitely be be throwing some money on Formiga. Um, but I, I don't know. I, this it's a tough one, man. I, you know, Joey B's the one of the best best little one twenty fivers that that have done it. So um, hopefully he can hopefully he can pull it off. Main event. This one should be pretty fun. Uh, Junior Dos Santos uh, takes on Francis Ngannou, heavyweight action and one that uh, should potentially have some, you know, top of the division implications here. Both these guys are coming in hot. Ngannou had had a couple bad performances. Now he's, you know, he's he's turned that around, uh, you know, knocked out Curtis Blades. Uh, and then he uh, he got another knockout here in his most recent uh, contest, of course. Um, and he uh, he knocked out Kane uh, in in like 25 seconds. And so. Uh, you know, he, he's on the comeback. He's on the come up again after, uh, you know, kind of being um, uh, I, for a little bit. I guess it, uh, people were kind of starting to, to write him off. I know I was uh, to a degree. But now, you know, he gets Junior Dos Santos, who is also, uh, you know, on the come up himself. He's got three sta- uh, three straight wins. Uh, he beat Derek Lewis. Beat Taito Ivasa, beat uh, Bagoy Ivanov. So, uh, you know, this is a big fight for both of these guys. I lean towards... Uh, Honestly, I, I lean towards JDS here. Uh, Nganu is the favorite, but uh, yeah, this is one that is certainly both these guys have the power to uh, you know to finish this at any time. This one's a real tough one for me. I, I feel like it's going to be you know I feel like JDS is going to uh, come in and, and be a little bit too aggressive and and get caught real early, but uh, I could definitely see it going five rounds and and you know just being. Um, JDS is kind of, you know, wearing Ngano down. Um, he has the ability to take him down and, and beat him on the ground. Uh, we know that's obviously a weakness of uh, Ngano's, but I don't think that uh, JDS's ego will let him uh, do that. I think he's going to try to try to outbox him. Um, so I'll, I'll probably be putting my money on, on the under, and then I'll, I'll probably go on JDS. And then, you know, if, if, if we go under, I think it's going to be Francis with a knockout. And if uh, JDS... If, we, if, we, if, I, if I lose the under, I think it'll be because JDS will win a decision. So hopefully I'll hopefully I'll even out there at least. <laughs> right. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, very good, man. We'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. And we'll get back to uh, uh, recapping this thing next week. Uh, and that'll that'll pretty much cover our preview for this week. Not a whole lot more action. There is no contender series coming up Tuesday. But when we come back after that, we've got some we've got I think Chris Ocon's coming up. We got some people will know. Uh, coming up, so I'm excited about that contender series as we get towards the uh, uh, some of the the shows that have some uh, former Valor talent. Uh, so with that, let's move on to uh, our interview portion of the program and get Mr. Adam Denton on the line.
All right. On the line, we have got one half of your main event at Valor 61 coming up here in just a couple short weeks. We've got Adam Ditton on the line. Adam, how's it going, my man? What's up, bro? What are you up to? Oh, you know, another another day, another podcast out here in East Tennessee, uh, getting excited for Valor 61 coming up here on July the 12th in Knoxville, Tennessee at the world famous Cotton Eye Joe. You are going to be making your Valor debut after we've tried to do this before. I'll, I'll preface all of this with saying, you know, Adam was supposed to fight on one of our cards in Nashville a couple years back. Uh, was supposed to fight Cromwell Stewart, uh, came in as like a pro, made his way, was, was ready to rock and roll. Uh, Cromwell had some weight cutting issue actually Cromwell made the weight now that i recall this but then he he was um uh, dire and got dire hospitalized that's yeah, that poor guy my goodness yes uh it was uh it was a severe situation of dehydration uh and so unfortunately we did not get uh to see the valor debut that night yeah. uh, of adam didn't but we're gonna get that changed around here in a couple of weeks my man uh so what t- tell us what's been going on it's been uh you know it's been a couple of years since we've been uh you know talking about having you on cards uh i know that you uh obviously have, have still been competing out there you're out in the west tennessee area so you know east tennessee and west tennessee is as far as like here to michigan honestly it's like we're in two different worlds i'm telling you man eight hours away well, for me, man, it's been an attrition. You know, there are a lot of tough guys around here uh, in the whole state. So climbing through these uh, local ranks, um, that, that's basically what I've been doing since the last time we've spoken. You know, I've been on the better and worst end of some of those, but better nonetheless. You know, uh, I just, um, I still just like to fight, man. And that, that's kind of <laughs> where I'm at now to where I just, uh, hold on, a very rude helicopter plane wants to pass by. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. But hey, man, the stuff happens next day, man. Next day, it's got to get there. So uh, that's it. But anyways, yeah, that, but that's basically my deal. So I just, uh, I just enjoy fighting. And so, you know, you're from the- me being around here in the Mid-South, man, it's a lot of opportunity to do that. Yeah, yeah, you know, I was about to say, you're from out there in that Mid-South region, you know, right around the Mississippi, Arkansas, uh, you know, obviously West Tennessee area. It's kind of a hotbed where you've got lots of different little areas that you, uh, you know, got pools of talent, uh, you know, and and constant opportunity to, uh, you know, to to get out there and make a name for yourself. We're starting to see more and more guys from that region start getting opportunities, uh, you know, whether it be on the Contender Series or Bellator, the UFC, uh, you know, guys that, uh, you know, I'm sure you fought with on, on, on shows coming up, uh, you know, does that, that give you, that kind of give you a little spark, say, you know, let's, let's get out here. Let's do this. Let's, let's make a run at this thing. Um, it does, uh, just, but just competition in general, but I, you know, I'm glad that the mid South and just the South in general is, you know, maybe getting a little more spotlight than usual, but we all knew that this was just going to be a matter of time. You know, the, the cream will always rise to the top and it's for the same for, you know, East Tennessee. They have a lot of regions. Most of the people who I know from East Tennessee, they fight in Georgia, uh, Kentucky, some, some people even Florida. So, uh, you know, I think that Tennessee as a whole has a little talk for I, I agree. And it's it's actually really cool to see because in the past uh, we've we've certainly been uh, looked at as, uh, you know, kind of the redheaded stepchild. When you when you look at uh, your competing regions like, you know, Texas and Florida and uh, the Northeast and California, you know, those hotbeds where, you know, really the sport is it's in its infancy everywhere. But even more so here because, you know, it's only been legal here, you know, for I guess going on about nine years. So we really were a little behind the eight ball whenever we got started. So I. I really like to see uh, guys start getting that recognition and the area start getting the, the recognition as well. Uh, you know, uh, let's move on and talk a little bit about the fight you got coming up. You know, you've got David Robbins coming up. It's going to be the main event uh, out here on uh, Valor 61. David is a guy that, you know, people are very familiar with out here. He fights a lot. And so uh, you're kind of coming in uh, to, to play spoiler, if you will. Uh, and uh, welcome David to that 155 pound division here. You know, he's kind of known to be a, a smaller uh, welterweight and so he's making that drop down to 155 uh you know you fought as low as 145 so we know that cut's not going to be a problem for you uh talk a little bit about what we can expect in this fight i know that both you guys are just action fighters that's one thing i know we won't get is a boring fight here because you know you can look up both of these guys on youtube and, and find all the video you want these guys go for it they're not you know they've got power and they're not going to play it safe. So uh, talk a little bit about uh, your take on this fight, your opponent, and uh, what you've been doing to, to get ready for this thing. Okay. 
to be candid with you, man, I'm super excited because <laughs> for the same reasons you say, this guy seems like a tough, competitive opponent, and that just seems like the most fun for me. Right. Um, uh, what did what did you say? Things that I may see in this fight, or you know, goals I would have in this fight, it's just to make it a competition of whoever can take the most punishment wins. That's kind of the premise of how I like to take fights. To where I'm not really satisfied if either of us don't both get a trip to the hospital. So I really, like, I mean, it sounds bad. It really does. But, uh, you know, I had to accept it myself personally, you know, mentally. I try to see myself as non-confrontational. I'm not a, you know, a tough, tough guy. But man, uh, fighting to the death is fun. No doubt. <laughs> well, you know, and, and, uh, and when two guys have that mindset, the they're the uh, the crowd is definitely in for a treat. Oh yeah, man. Sometimes I even forget they're there. I'm just having the ball myself. <laughs> now, talk a little bit about you know, your training leading up to this. You know, so you know some of the guys that are that are helping you get ready, and uh, you know some of the you know little little insight into your uh, preparation. Oh man, the preparation has been insane. What I've been utilizing is one of those NASA space fuselage. And I've been oh. like, tra- I've been sleeping and sitting in intense gravity, man, to, to really work my body, man. I'm not, I, I've been doing some new stuff. You, you won't wow. even believe it, man. Off the charts. Uh, now that is, yeah, that is, uh, that is definitely the first I've heard of that. We, we're going to have to start getting you doing a, a bit of a video log to, to kind of give hey, us. Hey, 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 man. It's still in the, you know, I still, you know, don't want to give my secrets out just yet. We're, we're in the bank ba- ba- stages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, very good, man. Well, we're certainly excited, uh, you know, about having you out here. Uh, let's give our, uh, our our fans and listeners a little bit of insight on, uh, you know, your background and uh, what, what else you do. You know, I, you know, obviously, I'm sure you would love to get to the point where, you know, you can fight and, you know, make a living doing that. But I'm sure there's got to be something else that you do uh, to pay the bills. Talk a little bit about what you do, uh, you know, outside of fighting. That's not, nothing at all, man. I'm a struggling journeyman fighter. OK. This is all the eggs in this one, in this one basket, dude. I, okay, I sleep in my car and I and I train. All right, you know, all or nothing. Who lives the life of eighty percent here, twenty percent there? Okay, yeah. work for a living. I'd rather struggle. So you know, that's uh, currently where I'm at right now. Just uh, doing push-ups and uh, you know, uh, just finding ways to make it by with just six to eight hundred dollars a month, which you know is good. You know. <laughs> I mean, you got to give it your all, man. You know, work for a living. You're crazy. But that is what some of the attributes of places like Texas and the West Coast to where the skills aren't that much progressed. But things like that have come along the way to where you could still kind of be a journeyman fighter and make some sort of living. But like you said, in the Mid-South, we're such in the infancy of the sport. We kind of, you know, you know, uh, we still have to contend with, you know, the movies and stuff as far as sure. draw is concerned, as far as our relevancy in the, you know, the, you know, the, well, we're just taking, it's going to always take a little longer in the South, let's just say, you know? Absolutely. On, on, on many levels. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you giggle. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, it's always, always a pleasure talking to you. I, I, I think that uh, you're certainly one of the, uh, one of the more uh, engaging characters in, uh, in our region here. So uh, I always like to get your take on things. Uh, you, you're a guy that if, if you, if you come across you, you know, at the weigh-ins or whatever, you're like you said, you're not the kind of guy that's all, you know, alpha male and, and, and you know, puffing your chest out and this, that, and the other, you know, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're a down to earth guy. So, uh, man, always, always a pleasure talking to you and really excited. Hey man, let me stop you right there, man. I reject that. Okay. When I'm at the weigh ins, anybody who's listening, you hold me with some regard, damn it. Okay. 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 You know, I'm tired of people bumping into me and I'm about to go fight. You know, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with that. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, from now on people hold me, I'll wear some cool shades. So let the folks know that, uh, Oh man. Before we let you go, my man, I want to let you give some shout outs, whether do any sort of training partner, love, uh, any uh, sponsors, uh, family, friends, loved ones, uh, you know, the drill there. And also, uh, where oh, man, of can, course. can find you on social media. Man. Great. I just want to give a shout out to my gym and all my training partners at Memphis Judo Jiu Jitsu. You know, those guys, they've been with me since the start. So without them, man, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And all the sponsors are the same ones that, uh, I've been rocking with. Before the beginning, Fight Swag, Iron Jaw, all these sponsors are ones I actually use. 
as far as being able to see me on any social medias, uh, you can follow me on Instagram. And my Instagram page name, I think, is at the, it's at the final boss. Yeah, it's the underscore final boss. You heard it here. Adam Denton getting ready to rock and roll with some some new techniques, some new training techniques, some new swagger. I'm pumped to see it, my man. It's going down here in two weeks. Valor 61. Make sure you check it out. If you can't be there in person, you can see it on Flow Combat back there in West Tennessee, uh, which is about a half a world away. You can still watch this thing. Thanks so much for the time, Adam. Thank you, too, man. See you then. And that is going to do it for another episode of the Valor Hour. Thanks so much to our guest, Adam Denton, ahead of his main event here in just a couple weeks as he gets ready to take on David Robbins at Valor 61 on July the 12th. Also, thanks to my co-host, Justin Watson. As always, we will be back next week where we will recap this UFC on ESPN card for Minneapolis, as well as break down the action for uh, the next week and prepare ourselves for July the 12th. Till next week, I am your host, Tim Loy. For my co-host, Justin Watson, signing off. Valor Hour, we're out. This is a dark to light with Frank and Bean's Quick Fix on Radio Influence. You want to talk about distraction and you want to talk about where the priorities of everything are. Just think about the Google thing alone yeah. and how that is going on. Uh, the, I saw these uh, the, the, the news about James Comey, the FBI, and these Clinton emails. Uh, there's so many aspects of the Google thing going on, actually. It's not even just the interview. It's not just the fact that the media reported breathlessly about Russian interference with a, I don't know, a, a play school budget for Facebook ads and a $6,000 Google ad campaign. That's that's all it amounted to. But they're trying to shift the electoral college in the United States in 2016, and they blamed it all on Donald Trump, or it was all going toward uh, the benefit of Donald Trump. Even if he wasn't involved personally, it was definitely the reason why this bumbling oaf was made president. And they went on and on for two and a half years about this influence in our elections and meanwhile here's google saying that they are going to do everything in their power to make sure that 2020 goes the company's way yeah and it's, it's and they're, they're, they're and they're interviewing this woman who's lying about a sexual assault in a dressing room oh my god they pass her around like it like it's a uh it's a plate of hors d'oeuvres like it's the, the past the pate or, or something like that you have uh you have Allison Camerata to uh, to to uh, Anderson Cooper. MSNBC had a couple of shots at her. It's unreal. Dark to Light with Frank and Beans can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.